So a uh, couple years ago, two, yeah, it's actually two years ago, uh, some friends of mine, I married them, and then they celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary. So I got to uh, bless them on that. Love that. But uh, I was talking to um, the bride's wife's mother, and her name is Joan. So I've known Joan for years. And she was telling me, yeah, uh, they're celebrating their 62nd. Yeah, you know, 62nd anniversary. Isn't that amazing? Like, wow. And so I said, oh, wow, that is amazing. She says, you know, best thing that ever happened. She says, I'm just so grateful. Now, I'm sorry, after 62 years of marriage, if you can say I'm grateful, like, that piques my interest. Because I've seen him argue, too. Um, and I shouldn't tell you this, but um, once, his name is John, great guy, but John was... I don't know why, he's a little grumpy. And Joan says, maybe you have low T that you're grumpy. Like, <laughs> holy cow. Like, <laughs> like I love that because, um, you know, it kind of puts a man in his place. You know? <laughs> but anyhow, she could say that she's so grateful that she got married to John. I said, well, that's really nice. She says, no, I just didn't get John. And they've had a good marriage. She said, you know, I didn't really have a great family life, and we started to date in high school, and I fell in love with his family. He said, when, when I married John, I just didn't get John. I got his whole crazy family. And he, she said, I love them, and they love me. Now, I love that story because I was like, wow, that's really kind of interesting. And here's my point. Religion kind of works the same way. When you get Christ, let's say you devote your life to Christ, you just don't get Christ. You get the whole crazy family of Christ. Um, like, no, you get everybody. And yes, you get Mary, the mother of God. And Mary, Jesus, and I don't want to go too much into this, but Jesus on the cross, remember, um, he says, John, behold your mother, uh, behold your son. This sounds kind of strange. I won't explain it too much, but that is a legal adoption. Believe it or not, the last thing that Christ gives the church, stripped of everything on the cross, the last thing he gives is uh, he had, creates this legal adoption of his mother to the church. Um, so, yeah, we do call her the mother of the church, but we all also call her the mother of God. We just don't get Christ. Because it drives me up a wall when religious people say, no, no, it's just me and Jesus. No, it's you, Jesus, and the entire crazy family. And we get Mary, the, Mary as well. And early Christians called Mary the mother of God. And so you have this question, how can she be the mother of God? God has no beginning or end. God is uncreated. God doesn't have a mother. But early Christians called her the mother of God for this reason, Jesus, oh sorry, Mary is the mother of Jesus. Jesus is the incarnate God. Therefore, Mary is the mother of God. And what it's really saying is not something about Mary. What it's saying is something about Jesus, that Jesus is God, fully human and fully God. She's not the mother of the Trinity. Uh, what it's saying is God is here among us. And so they loved the phrase, Mary, the mother of God, because it was this backhanded way of saying, ah, oh, 
Jesus is God. And you get Jesus, you get the whole crazy family. And so with Mary, um, I love that today's feast is Mary, the mother of God. Catholics have this custom of starting off the new year of Mary, the mother of God. And here's one of the many things I like about Mary, the mother of God. Um, and that is, do you remember happened a gospel a couple weeks ago where the angel, this is my image of an angel, um, angel comes to Mary and it says that Mary was troubled by the angel, uh, by the greeting of the angel, sorry. Um, she was troubled by the greeting of the angel, not the angel. I myself, like when an angel shows up, happens all the time, I freak out. I <laughs> cry like a little baby. Um, but Mary, and this is really interesting, what the Greek says is technically, uh, the Greek word is to account, like to give an accounting. Um, so what it means is that when the angel shows up, she doesn't shy away. She actually becomes focused and thinks. She, when the angel greets her, she doesn't, she doesn't get overwhelmed. She thinks. And the point is, she doesn't become emotional. The opposite, the Greek word that used is that she becomes intellectually curious. Um, I love that, that Mary is a sign of not emotionalism, but of intellectual curiosity. And then again, in today's gospel, when it talks about the wise men, uh, magi coming, when the shepherds, um, sorry, the, uh, when the shepherds show up, what it says about Mary is the phrase is, in English, we'll say she meditated on these things, she reflected on these things. The Greek is she turned them over and over and over in her heart. And uh, the odd part is what it means is this. The daily events of Mary's life, you know, the shepherds, the mangers, the angel, everything that happened in her daily life, she was constantly meditating on, turning over and over and over and reflecting. And I love that image that Mary is always reflecting on where is the presence of God right here and now. And um, so I just love that, that some people, they may say, well, I say my prayers, but they never really reflect on where was God in your day? Where, where was the divine in your day? So I love this opening image of Mary in the gospel of A, when something happens, she leans into it with intellectual curiosity. And then with everything that happens throughout her day, she's always turning it over, reflecting in her heart. And I like it because some people think to become religious is to turn off your intellect and turn on the emotions. Mary's spirituality is to become spiritual, is to be fully engaged in your heart and your mind and even your actions. After the angel come, she immediately heads towards Elizabeth. Um, so it's your head, your heart, and your actions. And I hate to say this, some people, they use God really as this narcotic to distract themselves from reality. That they don't really show up for a relationship with God. Um, religion is just a way of distracting them, not becoming like Mary, more focused on where is the divine. And so if worship is all really just this, worship is a bunch of emotion, and all it is is worship is a bunch of distraction. Mary's not distracted. Actually, the opposite. The two images that come up in the gospel is Mary is very focused. She reflects on everything. 
And I mean this for this reason. There's a reason why I do this. Is um, Mary, when she reflects and intellectually becomes curious, she always makes a decision. So she does say yes to become the mother of God when the angel shows up, but she's always thinking. So she's always deciding. Um, she's always making this choice, and it's always for God. So I love that image of Mary. And on the start of the new year, Catholics gather to worship uh, God in the image of Mary. That we want to be like this. We want to head in with our intellect. We want to spend the next year always turning everything over in our hearts so that we're always making this decision, this choice towards Christ. Now, I mentioned in the beginning at the announcements that tonight is the, well, at all the masses, uh, is the rite of acceptance. Anybody who's going to become Catholic, um, we have this 2,000-year-old custom that it starts with knocking at the door. We welcome them in, and what is the first sign that we give them? But the sign of the cross. That tonight, you guys are deciding, oh, the major decision you're making is, oh, we're going to accept part of the, we're going to choose the Catholic Church. If you're choosing Christ, you get the whole crazy family it's just not you and Jesus. It's everybody. They're making the choice. And they're making this choice. So when they come in, and I love this, scripturally, the first thing that we give them is a cross. Now, if you know the Bible well, there's this image that comes up twice in the Bible. Of all those in heaven, they have this, technically it's a tau. It's, a tau is a Greek letter. It means humility. It looks like a T, but it's a cross. And all those in heaven have this invisible tau on their forehead and on their hands. So, um, and the tau marks them as the family of God. So, you knock, you decide to become part of the family of God. And what is the first thing we give you? But we make this invisible sign on your forehead that you're part of the citizens of heaven. You're part of the crazy family of God. We mark it on your head and your hands. It's really living out the scripture. Uh, I love that. That tonight, like Mary, you made a decision. Um, you belong to us. We belong to you. Mary's your mother. Uh, all of us are your brothers and sisters. Um, so I love that. And so, yeah, if you're going to make your first step into Catholicism, I like it. That it's time to decide. The beginning of a new year, like Mary, you're going to make a choice. And I love this image of, because it's going to come up over and over in the Bible, of you have to make a decision. You have to decide. Mary, when something happens, she chooses to lean into it. You don't see that all the time in the Gospels. So I'll give you an example. So you remember the story of the storming, uh, Jesus calming the storm in the sea? Right? They're in the boat. They're scared. And what it says is that they're afraid. They're afraid, they wake Jesus up, and he calms the storm. He calms the storm, and then it says they were terrified. Why did it say, if everything's calm, why does it say that the apostles were terrified? They're afraid when the, the storm is going on, but after the miracle, they're terrified. Or Jesus and the Gerasene demoniac. You have this demoniac, he heals the demoniac, and the town people... They get upset and ask him to leave. 
Why weren't they pleased with a miracle? Or Jesus heals somebody, and the Pharisees take offense with the healing. You kind of think they would have been happier. Or Jesus' first homily. When Jesus gives his first homily, before they say they're amazed at his wisdom, he gives his homily. It's a little confrontational. And it's at the end, they say they take offense. And they call him Jesus, son of Mary. And I mentioned this before in a homily. The name Jesus, son of Mary, that's an insult. They took offense. So my question is, like, okay, why do you have this strange thing of they were afraid after the miracle, something divine happens, and they're terrified. And the idea is that um, it's time to make a decision. Things just got real, and you have to make a choice. It's either a yes or a no. The Pharisees, everything's time something divine happens, they do make a choice, but their choice is no. And if you're going to take Christ seriously, you make a choice. They do not want to, they don't like what Jesus has to say. They don't like his healings. They don't like how he welcomes people. And so they take offense. So my point being is that, oh, Mary always intellectually becomes curious, reflects, and says yes. Uh, you don't see that always. If you take Jesus serious, you have to make a choice. Now, and it, the problem is, if Jesus is just like Santa Claus, where Jesus is like Santa Claus, whatever you pray for, he just gives you a truck or a full head of hair, please. Or, you know, just Jesus gives you gifts. Well, if that's all Jesus does, you really don't have to change anything in your life. If Jesus is like Buddha, where all you do is pray and then you get this peaceful nirvana, it doesn't matter if you're suffering and you don't have to do anything for anybody else, you just become peaceful. Well then, really, there's no change in your life. You don't have to decide anything. When keeps mentioning, oh, Mary turned these things over in her heart. Mary um, takes account and thinks. Um, it's making this choice that now's the time to decide. And if, you, if uh, you choose the divine, if you choose Christ, as I said, you're also choosing his entire family. We marked you as the family of God. Um, and so I love the fact that the day that you guys are choosing to be part of the Catholic Church, I set it up that I wanted to do this on the Feast of the Mother of God. You're making your choice just like 2,000 years ago. Mary kept making a choice. And so for all of us, Believe it or not, the same thing happens. Tonight, you make a choice. Catholics, as I said, they have this tradition. On the f New Year's, we call up the image of Mary, the mother of God. And it's now in modern times, uh, Catholics are called on this feast to become, to pray for world peace. I really do hope this year the Ukrainian war with the uh, war ends, there is peace. But you have to make a choice. We all have to make a choice. There's enough, you know, polarization and hatred in the world. Why don't we become like Mary and make a choice towards peace? Why don't we make a choice that, no, no, I'll stand with the family of God. It's never just me and Jesus. And so, like Mary, make a choice. All year long, the same way Mary turned over everything that happened in her day, turned it over and over in her head and her heart, so she's always reflecting on the image of God. Um, where is the divine in your day? 
Why don't we do that for the next year and be like Mary? The same way they made a choice, the same way Mary made a choice. Um, if you choose Christ, you get the whole family. We're like the woman who's been married 62 years. And I just, I know I'm kind of weird, but I like that idea. The same way that um, she made a vow to her husband, she got more than her husband. She got this whole crazy family. If we make this vow to Christ, you just don't get Christ. You get the whole crazy family. On the beginning of the new year, let us pray that we're like Mary and always leaning in and turning things over and choosing Christ. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.